afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? When we're texting, I feel the distance I look around at peers that surround me, these niggas tripping I like when money makes a difference, but don't make you different Started realizing a couple places I could take it I wanna get back to when I was that kid in the basement I wanna take it deeper than money, pussy, vacation And influence a generation that's lacking the patience I've been dealing with my dad, speaking a lack of patience Just me and my old man getting back to basics We've been talking about the future and time that we wasted When he put the bottle down, girl, that nigga's amazing Well, fuck it, we had a couple Coronas we might have wrote a white paper, just something to hold us We even talked about you in our couple of moments He said we should hash it out like a couple of grown-ups You a flower child, beautiful child, I'm in your zone Looking like you came from the 70s on your own My mother is 66 and a favorite line to hit me with Is who the fuck wants to be 70 and alone You don't even know what you want from love anymore I search for something I'm missing and disappear when I'm bored But girl, what qualities was I looking for before? Who you settling for? Who better for you than a boy, huh? Take love 
Uh, thinking about Texas back when Porsche used to work at Treasures. A further back than that before I had the Houston leverage. When I got summer on Michael Kors with my mama's debit. A week of temper flexing, I'll never forget it. Cause that night I played her three songs. Then we got to talking about something we disagreed on. Then she started telling me how I'd never be as big as Trey songs. Boy, was she wrong. That was just negative energy for me to feed off. Now it's therapeutic, blowing money in the Galleria. A Beverly Center Macy's where I discover Bria. Landmarks of the muses that inspire the music. When I could tell it was sincere without trying to prove it. The one that I needed was Courtney from Hooters on Peachtree. I've always been feeling like she was the piece to complete me. Now she engaged to be married, what's the rush on commitment? No, we were going through some shit, name a couple that isn't. Remember I talk in the parking lot of the Ritz, girl, I felt like we had it all planned out. I guess I fucked up the vision. Learning the true consequences of my selfish decisions. When you find out how I'm living, I just hope I'm forgiven. It seemed like you don't want this love anymore. I'm acting out in the open, it's hard for you to ignore. But girl, what qualities was I looking for before? Who you settling for? Who better for you than a boy, huh? I love me. I love me. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 273 of the Hoots Podcast. It's Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. It's yours truly, the nefarious brother, Adam, a.k.a. Joshie Lopez. You can follow me at Twitter, at Josh Lopez Media. You can hit me up at Instagram if you'd like as well, at Josh Lopez 94, at Josh Lopez Music. Welcome to the Hoots Podcast. Is this your first time listening to the podcast? Thank you. We have a couple of requests for you guys. Uh, if you like what you hear, make sure to smash that subscribe button, whether it's on YouTube, youtube.com backslash the Hoots Podcast. Uh, smash it up on anywhere you get your podcasts from. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere. Scratch the Hoots Podcast so you never miss an episode, and you can go back and listen to our previous episodes as we're 27 episodes away from reaching 300, which is absolutely insane. Uh, I mentioned the social media stuff. Um, make sure to bookmark com as well. That's my website where I make uh, transcripts for basically every wrestling show that's out there and the time I have available to me to cover throughout the week. And I got um, coverages from New Japan, name it, MLW, Impact, AEW, WWE, um, all the ancillary shows like NXT UK, 205 Live, uh, AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation. Um, if there's a show out there that you want me to transcribe, there's a good chance I've probably already done it. So check it out, com, And then 
Uh, lastly, I want to mention uh, for plugs, uh, if you're an Apple Podcast user and you listen to the show this week, uh, each and every single week, and we appreciate you for that, uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you like or dislike about the podcast. It really helps not only expand the reach of the show, but also it also it helps myself and Bernard Carter gauge uh, what you like or maybe some changes that you like to see on the podcast. It's not just about what I think would be good for you guys or Derek. It's not just my show. Uh, it's a contingent. It's a collaborative effort for myself and Bernard Carter and all of you who uh, make the Hoops podcast what it is today. So um, I want to say thank you for all the support, as you guys do each and every single week. Um, another great week of feedback and numbership for uh, the podcast. And it's all thanks to you guys, and I'm very grateful. And it, it, it does add a little bit of pressure to make sure that each episode tops the previous one, uh, especially with our <laughs> main event segment, What the Hell is Wrong with AEW, which I'm doing solo this week. Uh, but hey, big time players make big time plays, you know. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get to the good first Q and A session right now. Our Q and A segment is always. Uh, all you have to do is to send me a question on Twitter at Josh Silvis Media or on here on Facebook. Or the last option, you can always send me questions at the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. And basically, we take questions from the good brothers and good sisters about what they want to talk about. It could be about sports, it could be about life, mental health, relationships, wrestling, of course. And um, I like to share wisdom when I can uh, in this segment as well. So we're going to get into it. Let's start off. The good brothers Q&A session starts right now. All right, we're going to start off as we usually do with the good brother Chris Zaletta at xteensaletta24x on Twitter. He says, what up, Oos? Here's a question for the Q&A this week. Thoughts on Tajiri joining MLW? Well, I, I did see this news the other day that Tajiri is making his first appearance for MLW when they start uh, doing the next round of tapings in Philadelphia in October. Uh, I think that's really cool. Uh, I'm really excited for it. Uh, of course, Tajiri being a popular technical wrestler and stuff like that back in the day in ECW and during the Attitude Era of WWE. Um, Tajiri's a great wrestler. Uh, I think the last time I saw him wrestle was in New Japan, but uh, I am excited to see what he does in uh, MLW, and I think it's cool. I mean, MLW, uh, just like a lot of the pro wrestling companies out there, they like to give a spotlight for those veterans from the 90s and stuff like that. Uh, and for those guys to still perform to the level that they are these days, it's very admirable. And I think uh, Tajiri would be a nice uh, addition to the MLW roster. And I'm curious to see what he does down there. So I, I think it's cool. I don't, I don't really have an issue with that. I think it's really cool. Um, next question. What food dish will you be having that first NFL Sunday? God, I have no idea, man. <laughs> uh you know, living by myself, my um, what I partake in, like dinners and food wise, fluctuates throughout the week and what I can afford and stuff like that. Like I'm paying for my apartment for the first time. I'm paying for cable, uh, rent. I'm doing like I'm like this is my first time of being alone and doing all the adult things in the world. <laughs> so, um, 
I know the go-to route would be like having pizza and chicken wings. I, I haven't really done that for any big events. I haven't done it for a SummerSlam show or anything like that. Um, it's up to the year. I mean, I could order Chinese food with Filipino egg rolls if I want. I could get, um, I don't know, this is more for Chicago people. I could get order of food from Gale Street Ribs. Um <laughs> I could uh, try to get some Italian beef, um, do fried chicken and Italian beef, Italian beef sandwich with fried chicken on the side. I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of options I could go with. I mean, uh, you could go with the Italian tradition of uh, some type of spaghetti or some type of like Italian-style food on a Sunday. Um, there's a lot of options. I know one thing I will not have on a Sunday during football season is tacos. Tacos suck. I want all the smoke. You can throw all your arrows at me. Tacos are absolutely disgusting. I don't care if it's a regular taco. I don't care if it's a chicken taco. I don't even care what type of taco it is. I can't stand tacos. And that's definitely the last thing I'm going to have while I'm watching football. So, that that's just completely out of the uh, equation for me. All right, next question: <laughs> How much can uh, Buddy Matthews, Braun Strowman, and Bray Wyatt help Impact? Well, um, I think there's a little context we need to attach when we talk about this topic. I mean, all this is uh, surrounding the Forbidden Door, right? So, um, I don't know if it's uh, for for. for like a full complete deal that those guys are just going to be exclusive to impact. So uh, I, I think they'll do good for impact. But again, I think the, a lot of the stuff with the forbidden door is kind of expose how many hardcore wrestling fans are out there as opposed to how to, how many wrestling fans are out there. Uh, I feel like the ratings and impact have shown that, uh, you no, know, as much as Dave Seltzer likes to pump out his chest, about how much Kenny Olivier is a draw and stuff like that. It's really not the case. I mean, Impact is hovering over 100,000 viewers a week. That's not really impressive uh, for TV purposes. 100,000 people. Think about that. You know, people say AEW is going to force Fox to get rid of WWE when they're averaging 900,000 a week. I mean, we've really lowered the bar as far as what's good viewership in professional wrestling in 2021. And, you know, as much as I like Buddy Matthews as a wrestler, and, I, I, of course, I love Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman's cool, are any of those moving the needle for impact? I, I don't know. I, I would think that Bray Wyatt could get some nice buzz out of it, but if Bray Wyatt goes to Impact, he has to be the focal point of your promotion. That's just my opinion. I think, you know, Buddy Murphy could have good matches. He could have similar vibe like Eddie Edwards, you know, kind of similar to what Matt Cardona is doing in the ring. I, I like the, the – let's make this perfectly clear. I like the wrestling in Impact. Uh, I find their shows more enjoyable now than they were during the Destination American days. But outside of social media buzz and this forbidden door stuff at AEW, I I still don't feel like anybody gives two shits about Impact, and I think that's very unfortunate because people, there there's good wrestlers 
in AW, uh, my bad, in Impact, whether it's male or female. But it's again, you're on Access TV. You, Impact hasn't got to the point where they could be on a platform, a network, or a channel per se, where people can easily access to it. And then when you go throughout the week where you have to wait till Sunday to find out clips from the previous week's episode, I think it's uh, it's, it's not good. Um, I want Impact to succeed. I want it to be good. But, um, I mean, as much as I like, I try to enjoy the contest, like, nobody really cares. Kenny Omega came in as a double champion, and they were hovering over 100,000 viewers a week. Nothing's really changed with Impact Wrestling. And I feel like they're just latching on to the hype for AEW. It's kind of like, you know, you, um, I, I get like this high school vibe-ish with like the Forbidden Door and everything that's going on right now where it's like, okay, we're in the cool kids uh, circle. And then uh, if you don't lie with what our way of thinking of our way of wrestling, then, you know, you, like, <laughs> uh, I, 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 we're going to have to do a separate episode one day where I can really divulge and like kind of expose how flawed this forbidden door concept is because the only person and company that's benefited from the forbidden door is AW and their hype train. AW still presents the same show. Impact presents the same show. Yeah, it's cool to get interpromotional matches here and there, but there's nothing standing out or improving the business side of these promotions. And that's a problem. So, uh, I would hope those guys would get some nice buzz. It would be nice to see them on TV and stuff like that. But as far as long-term impact, part of the pun, as far as business is concerned, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Uh, that's a good question, though. Next question. Should uh, Ty Conti be the one to beat Britt Baker for the AEW women's title? Uh, I think... I wouldn't have a problem with that, but for me, I probably think they would want to go with Thunder Rosa just because of their history. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I feel a little bit of AW's kind of overhyped that lights out match. Don't get me wrong, it was good. It was a good match, but uh, just because it was excessively doesn't make it one of the greatest hardcore matches of all time. Like, calm down. Um, I would love to see for Ty because I think Ty is a very good wrestler. She's very good at what she does, and she's very, very talented. I love to hear her cut some promos, um, but uh, yeah, I, I that's, that's kind of like fifty-fifty with that. I mean, you could go with that route. Let's see who else they sign to the division. Um, I don't think Britt Baker's losing the title anytime soon, so we'll have to wait. It's kind of a wait and see approach with that topic, though. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Ty Kati uh, beat Britt Baker for the AEW Women's title. I think that'd be cool. Um, next question: Which match, in your opinion, should main event all out? Kenny Olivier or Christian Cage or Darby Allen and CM Punk? Oh boy. I'm going to save this stuff towards the end <laughs> for AEW in, the, in our segment, but I'll answer your question here. I, I For me, I'm kind of a traditionalist. As much as I can give two shits about this Omega Christian match, um, I would have this one close off the show. I would. I, I'm just a traditionalist that way, especially with major pay-per-views. 
Uh, you know, AEW only does like four or five pay-per-views a year, so you know, this is their second big show of the year. Um, I would think uh, having the world title close out the show would probably be the right choice, but I also would not be surprised if Punk and Darby close out the show. Uh, but that's the thing. Uh, what do you want to... What do, you, what do you want people to take away from All Out after the pay-per-views, or do you want, okay... Punk beats Darby Allen, they, they shake each other's hand. Uh, you have Omega beat Christian Cage, and we find out who Kenny Omega's next opponent is after the pay per view. Uh, after the match, you know, there's a lot of variables that go through this. But for me, uh, being a traditionalist, I would have Olivier and uh, Christian Cage close out all out. All right, next question, another uh, AW one here. Who would you like to see Punk face off next after Darby Allen? Good question. I mean, here's the other thing, too, with AEW. I could try to pickpoint, like, what would be a cool grudge match, what would be a nice program here and there, but there's so many fucking factions that get in the way. Like, you know, as sooner or later, you're, you're trying to figure out what faction that is CM Punk in, you know? <laughs> I, I certainly... I would not wish that on him. Uh, you know, Punk can do whatever the hell he wants. The punks, Punk will make things good. But I, I, that's a great question. I, I really don't know. I mean, would it be something where John Moxley gets boo-boo faced about kind of being put in the back burner and uh, not getting much spotlight on him? I don't know. That's just my idea. Josh, creative idea. I would have Moxley turn heel and go after CM Punk. That's just my opinion. That that would be who I would have go after uh, CM Punk next. But that's just me. No, I would not uh, give him a title shot. No, no shot. Okay, next question. From the Good Brothers. Yes. Uh, the last one for Chris here. I got it right here. It says, I know it's early. But you can you predict the main event or events for Wrestle Kingdom? Uh yes, I could. Um, I'll I'll say this right now: the G one is right around the corner. I have a feeling that we're going to see Shingo against Naito at uh, Wrestle Kingdom fifteen. If things change, I can see Ibushi winning the G one just to make up for the lost match that they were supposed to have at the. Um, the Tokyo Dome show, the Russell Grand Sam show in Tokyo Dome. Uh, maybe you can see Cody Ibushi win that one, and they fight each other. It just has to depend on where things go storyline wise with New Japan. But I think right now, most likely, it'll be Shingo against uh, Naito, uh, an LIJ matchup. Uh, you know, I would love to see my guy Ishii <laughs> get his first. Uh, Chance to win a championship, a world championship in uh, New Japan, but I don't see it happening. But um, I think uh, Shingo and Naito will probably be the most likely option there. Uh, of course, you could say Will Ospreay. Depends when he comes back. Maybe, maybe Will Ospreay surprise everybody and uh, participates in G1. He said that he wasn't going to at researches, so we'll have to see how that goes. But. Um, would it be something if Minoru Suzuki won the G1 this year? <laughs> That'd be wild. 
Um, by the way, I want you guys to keep tuned to the uh, our podcast channel. I'm going to try to reach out to some of my colleagues and do a little mini um, G1 preview before the tournament starts this month. Okay, guys, uh, the, I'm, pl- I'm planning to reach out to a friend of mine. His name's uh, Chris Sansa, who gets a lot of plugs from Kevin Kelly during the broadcast. He's from Chicago, and I'm going to try to reach out to him and see if you do like a nice little preview of the G1. You know, both of us are mostly known as the guys that uh, cover New Japan with, like, I do the transcripts. He does the analytics, analytic, analytical work for New Japan when it comes to, like, stats, uh, how many, how, how the average time length of matches, of performers. He, he does, like, the stat. He's, like, a statistician in some ways for New Japan. And I break down the wrestling matches and do the transcripts. So I'm going to try to reach out to Chris. He has an interesting perspective. I have an interesting perspective from our coverage style. I think it will be a fun uh, broadcast uh, for you guys to listen to before the She One tournament starts. So uh, I would love to reach out to Chris if you'd be down to do it. And I think that'd be something you guys would enjoy. So um, I think, the G1's gonna, G1's always are fun tournaments. This could be my fifth one that I've covered uh, in my career. And uh, it's, it's a long, it's a lot of shows, but it's definitely worth it <laughs> in more ways than one. But um, thank you, Chris, for the awesome questions this week, man. I appreciate you, brother. You always do a good job with saying questions. I appreciate you. Um, okay, last batch of questions this week comes from the good brother Nate the Great at Psycho Nagiri. He says, should AEW just pull the trigger and put the title on Punk at their next pay-per-view? Uh, and I don't know how – I don't know how – let's see. How how can you say no in six, seven, eight, nine, ten different languages? Let's just do this. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I, I I get it. Punk's got the buzz and everything, and I'm I'm more I'm happier more than anybody that Punk gets back. That's my guy. But no, uh, <laughs> him beating Olivier for the title right now uh, at what would it be full gear? Nah, I I just don't see that being the show for him. Don't get me wrong; it'd be a cool match and all, and it'd be a cool program, but. Hot shotting CM Punk with a title right now is kind of be exposing AEW more than anything because they're and good, good, good on them that they got CM Punk. You know, good on them. I'm not, I'm not gonna take that away from them. I'm not gonna be a party pooper or anything like that. Good on them that they got CM Punk. That that's a great thing for them, and it's a great thing for the wrestling industry that CM Punk is in AEW. But I'm gonna talk about this in the what the hell is wrong with AEW segment later on. I really hope they're not going to try to coast by with the buzz of him coming back and put everything else in the back burner because sooner or later you're going to continue to expose more flaws with your show and your promotion than you already do. I mean, I'm one of the few that's going to point it out because I really don't care and I don't have a rooting interest when it comes to these promotions. But you have a lot of people that gaslight a lot of people in the wrestling media that'll gaslight you and tell you that AEW does nothing wrong in their Teflon. That's not what we do here. I'm gonna call a spade a spade, and just because CM Punk is in AEW doesn't mean I'm gonna change my stance 
on AEW where it is as a promotion. You know, they they got good buzz, and like I said, I give credit where credit's due when they deserve it. But especially uh, when it comes to this week's episode of Dynamite, it's like okay, we got CM Punk, and we can just go everything in cruise control, and that was my takeaway. But no, I, I just don't see Nate the point of hot shotting CM Punk with the title. Um. I mean, then what the hell is the point of trying to build up Hangman Page as a main event guy? I I just don't see the point of that. All right, next question. This is a good one right here. Who are three guys you think will transcend the junior and cruiserweight divisions? My God. (laughs) Uh, I think show has a lot of potential uh, as far as – Guys from the junior division in New Japan, I think show can do a very, very good job. Um, kind of the same thing like Clark Connors um, for New Japan. He's very good as well. Um, there's another guy out there, uh, Danny Limelight, that I'm a big fan of that could uh, do some good stuff there. As far as the Cruiserweight division is concerned, I like what I've seen so far from Grayson Waller. Uh, I, I like what he does in ring. Uh, he hasn't really cut a lot of promos, but uh, his match has been enjoyable to watch. Uh, of course, Carmelo Hayes uh, from NXT has done a lot of good stuff over the last couple of weeks. Uh, those would probably be the guys off the top of my head I would choose from. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I've already seen already. Especially at New Japan, so I can't really say, "Oh, El Desperado is going to break out," or Bushi. I'm not. I'm sure as hell I'm not going to pick Master Wato as a guy that's going to transcend the division. But I mean, you wonder why it's always just okay. Here's Romo is the, the junior heavyweight champion. Oh, we're going to pass. We're going to trade it between him, Robbie Eagles, and maybe Desperado. Um, I know the pandemic's been getting in a lot of the ways of uh, if if Flossie do talents on the main roster New Japan shows, but it's like it gets really repetitive too with uh, the feuds that they have on their shows as well. So uh, th- those are the ones that come off the top of my head. Um, next question: How do you feel about weddings in wrestling and the eventual Loomis indie wedding? Um, I mean, for me, wrestling weddings are hit and miss. I find some to be more entertaining than others. Uh, there's been miserable ones over the years, but um, for me, it's not something I like mark out for, for but it's not something like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Oh, this is on my wrestling show. Like, <laughs> uh, I think some of them are entertaining in their own way. Um, the one with uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee. Where we found out where AJ Lee ended up being the general manager of Raw and Raw 1000, I thought it was good. Uh, of course, you can't go wrong with Lena and Edge's wedding with Kane back in the day. Um, <laughs> uh, the infamous uh, Stephanie McMahon and Tess wedding with uh, Triple H in 1999. Uh, <laughs> I hate you! <laughs> it looked like you wanted to kill him. <laughs> I, I personally. Virtually, he wanted to <laughs> at that point. So, I, I think for me, uh, weddings uh, in wrestling are hit and miss. Uh, speaking of misses, uh, yeah, 
uh, Rosemary and Johnny Bravo from Impact last year would end up being the shooting angle. No. (laughs) And please, don't get me started on Times New Roman font and Penelope Ford Ford's wedding from last year on Dynamite. Good mother of God, that shit sucked. <laughs> I am excited to see what goes down with this Loomis indie wedding. I, I've, I've enjoyed the angle on NXT. It's been funny. It's been entertaining. Uh, I, I love Johnny Gargano as a heel now. Just his comedic timing is really, really good. Um, I, I'm serious to see how this one plays out. I mean, uh, we haven't found out who's going to be next, uh, Dexter Loomis' next opponent or rival, if you will. So it'll be interesting uh, if uh, somebody cousin gets in the way of index. And uh, that should be uh, interesting. Seven, I'll just say that. Um, what do you think the new NXT will be? Let's, let's spend some time on this. There's been a lot of speculation and scuttlebutt about you know, the revamping of what NXT is going to be in the image of Vince McMahon and uh, Bruce Pritchard, and people feel like the NXT that we enjoyed over the last four or five years is going to go away and stuff like that. Um, I saw the numbers this week. I'm not really, I re- I'm really not a guy that really talks a lot about ratings on this podcast. Uh, we're really not a dirt sheet style show. But I did see the ratings this week for NXT, and they're not doing bad <laughs> for, you know, all this buzz about NXT dying and stuff like that. Uh, I, I I don't see it right now. I, I watched the show this week. I thought it was good. It's still an enjoyable watch. It's an enjoyable show to cover each week. What I think will happen is where you're not going to have – excessively long wrestling matches throughout the entire show. I enjoy NXT since I enjoy NXT. I enjoy their product, but TV sometimes was like, okay, here's one 15 minute match. Here's one 18 minute match. Uh, the, I, I keep I say the picture in picture stuff is not, um, it's not helping the presentation of your show from an enjoyment standpoint. I get it. You don't want matches to go into commercial breaks, but that's just part of the industry. If you want to show on television, you're going to deal with commercial breaks. It's just what it is. Um, I think the new uh, presentation look of it is like, like I, I like the Capital Wrestling Center for what it is. I, I, I like the you know the barricades at ringside, stuff like that. I think that's cool and all. I like the concept of the Capital Wrestling Center. But I feel like the stage and some of that stuff and the visual aspects of NXT can be hit and miss sometimes. Um, but I want—I'm taking a wait and see approach. That's how I am. That's just how I'm wired. So I'm sorry if you don't—if you're, you're expecting me to come on here and say, "Oh, the new NXT is going to be trash," because that's the new favorite thing to do in wrestling media. It's to jump the gun and be like, "Oh, I'm the first to say that NXT is going to die." I'm the first to mention that Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard is going to ruin NXT. I'm, look, <laughs> I speak for myself. That's it. I'm not going to come here and do hot take bullshit to try to get clicks out of you guys. That's not what I do. I'm going to wait to see what the new revamp look uh, of the brand is. And if I like it, I'll talk about it. If, the, if I don't like it, 
Uh, I'll mention it too. Uh, we'll, I just want to wait and see what the new look is instead of jumping the gun and being like, oh, oh, NXT looks like the show should be on Saturday mornings and all these stupid stuff I'm seeing on Twitter and stuff for these reporters and stuff. I'm like, get over yourself already. <laughs> so that's that's just my opinion. Um, I want to thank Nate and Chris for the questions this week. You guys kill it as always. I do appreciate the support. You guys do an awesome job sending questions each weekend. It really uh, does help the show a lot. So I want to say thank you for that, guys. I really do. I appreciate that. Also, I wanted to mention this before we head off here for this segment. Um, I saw what happened last night. Um, there was a report that came out that uh, former TNA wrestler uh, Daphne um, went on Instagram Live and um, – there's been a lot of uh, concern going around the area in the wrestling community about her and her safety. Um, you know, we've talked about mental health on this show a lot, and it breaks my heart when I see stuff like this happen. Um, there's no new updates as I'm recording this right now. Um, if you know Daphne, if you know people in around the Atlanta area uh, that's closer, friends or family, uh, reach out to them. Um, you keep Daphne in your thoughts. Um, uh, mental health is a real issue, man. And uh, the more people try to play naive to it, it's, it's going to bite them in the ass one day. And uh, I hate seeing stuff like this. Um, I'm not coming here and speculating what's going on. Uh, again, so let these uh, this situation play out. But I just wanted to talk about this a little bit out here before I wrap up the Q and A segment this week, and just say that um, you you are loved. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, whether you're male or female, old, young, whatever, you are you are loved. You are worthy, and you have meaning and purpose to be on this earth. Remind yourself that every day before you go to sleep. You're worthy, you have a purpose here, and continue to be yourself. And if you're feeling down and you need to let things off your heart and get things off your chest, now more than ever, you have the tools to do that. Reach out to your suicide prevention hotlines. Reach out to your family members. Reach out to the people that you know that are there for you and pick you up when you're at your lowest. Um, I, I've always been open book with the fact that I deal with depression and have dealt with mental health issues. And even then I'm still here for anybody that needs to vet or needs some wisdom on something or needs a, uh, a sounding board to vet their issues too. Like I'm here for anybody that needs to speak for their heart. And if they're, if you're dealing with something, reach out to me too. And mental health is something that we can't scoff at. And my thoughts are with Daphne and everybody uh, surrounding her circle and her family and her friends and her fans. Uh, I hate I, I hated seeing that news last night. I hate seeing that from anybody around the world, uh, whether you're in entertainment or not. Uh, but mental health is a real issue. And... Um, I'm wishing for the best. My thoughts are with Daphne and everybody during this time period. And just remember, folks, reach out and remind yourself every day that you're worthy, you have meaning, 
and stick to your purpose. Stick to your purpose, okay? Well, I thank you guys for hanging out for this Good Brothers Q&A session. When I come back, we'll get to happen this week in WWE, right here on the Hoops Podcast. Yes, sir. return of your former client Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, everybody is wondering where you stand. Where I stand? Ms. Braxton, I stand where I always stand. Right behind and kind of to the side of my tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Now, if you'll excuse me, and even if you won't, I need to help the champion prepare for his family celebration. Nice talking to you. Don't you have anything better to do right now? No one to bother? Harass, stalk, anything? Oh, damn. What up, OG? You been out here this whole time? Oh, OG. Yeah. Good to see you, dog. Long time. The door's been locked. And I wanted to go over this whole family celebration with the three of you. Oh, Biggles ain't here yet. Oh. Real talk though, Paul, you 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 knew Brock was gonna be there at SummerSlam, didn't you? Huh? Didn't you? No. Think about it this way. Why would I tear down everything we've all worked so hard to build up? It doesn't make any sense. I swear on everything that's holy, I did not know Brock was going to be there. Okay. All right. But then, why did you send us to the locker room before Roman's match against Cena? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of feel like you knew something was up, Paul. I'm not the one that sent you back to the locker room. The tribal chief is the one that gave that one. Come on, dog. You you about to pin this on the tribal chief for real? Ooze. You know this family. This family is built on trust. And if you ain't know Brock was there, how come you ain't know already, Ooze? Excuse us. You know, SummerSlam was pretty damn satisfying. I defeated a generational talent in Seth Rollins. But I paid for it. Yeah, I had to go to a a dark place, a place that I I don't like to go to to find the most savage version of myself. And it affected me. It affected me at home, it, it affected me wherever I went. But I did it. 
And now this chapter, this, this albatross around my neck that is Seth Rollins is over and done with. I'm moving on. I'm moving on to what Seth cost me in the first place. The Universal Championship. Edge, I've only got one thing I want to say to you. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, I've had a week to think about everything that happened at SummerSlam. Some people are calling it match of the year. It was certainly one of your greatest victories. And as for me, it was a loss... that taught me something about myself. As much as it pains me to admit this, at SummerSlam, Ed, you won my respect and my admiration. I admire you, Edge. I admire your Hall of Fame career. And I admire the life that you've built for yourself. And it got me to thinking. If I want to fight my way back to the Universal Championship, maybe I need to be a little more like you. So thank you. And congratulations. Boo! Boo! Boo that man! Boo that man! Boo that man! <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Hoots Podcast. Time to talk about what happened this week in WWE as we're talking to you live right here on the Hoots Podcast. Come to you from the Good Brothers Studio in lovely Chicago, Illinois. Once again, it is yours truly, the nefarious brother, Adam. You just heard two clips from this past week's edition of Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, the Usos uh, getting up in Paul Heyman's face about what happened at SummerSlam with the return of the Beast. The ponytail beast that is Brock Lesnar. And then we had uh, uh interesting back and forth backstage seven with Edge and Seth Rollins. I they kind of left the door open out there to possibly continue this feud. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Uh initially I thought it was one off in a way you could send Seth Rollins off to Monday Night Raw, but they left it out there. I mean, Edge didn't have to be on TV. We'll have to see. If Edge is on SmackDown tomorrow, this dude is continuing. So, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, I'm curious to see what it is with Edge. Is this going to be something where he makes a couple appearances throughout the year? Or is he going to have more of a Chris Jericho-style run here, uh, depending on his health and everything? So, um, we'll have to see how that goes. But hearing that clip, I have a little tinkling in my eye in my brain right now that uh, this feud with Seth Rollins and Edge is far from over with. And as far as what you heard right there, the Usos and Paul Heyman, uh, <laughs> it's going to be some very interesting television whenever uh, Brock Lesnar graces us with his presence. Uh, they were in Little Rock, Arkansas last Friday night uh, for SmackDown. First takeaway 
from this weekly television in general. I did not think the shows were bad this week. I want to make that perfect clear. Now, were the shows amazing, off the top, off the, uh, amazing, generational, the great scenes since light spread? No. Were these the worst shows ever? No. Were these off the charts? No. <laughs> I thought there were two solid shows, but the first takeaway I had from both events, from SmackDown and Raw, was how crappy these crowds they were. Now, I don't know if anybody's going come to come out here and pop up their chest at Little Rock, Arkansas, and Oklahoma is a big wrestling territory, at least pro wrestling territory, but <laughs> I watched both shows, especially on Monday, the crowd in OKC, man, you couldn't hear a fucking pin drop at that joint. Uh, and that's not to say that Raw's a horrible show or anything like that, but, like, you're going to, Oak- it reminds me, like, when you go to, like, Kansas City, right, or Indianapolis, and some of these bumblefuck cities in the Midwest, and I'm from the Midwest, so I can talk crap about my area, but, like, you go to, like, Kansas City, you go to Little Rock, Arkansas, Delaware, uh, <laughs> Uh, Iowa, Montana, Oklahoma, and it's like, these people don't care. They're there to have a good night out with their family, and that's perfectly fine. But from a viewing experience and watching it at home and a transcribing experience, it's like, show some life, folks. (laughs) You're getting out of the house for probably the first time in months and probably a full year, right? And, like... Yeah, it's a it's a dude thing. It's one thing to have the performers pull out that reaction for you as a wrestling fan to earn that applause and stuff like that. But I, I watched those shows and it's like I did not think the shows were bad or boring or anything like that. But it's like where the hell is the crowd noise? <laughs> uh, anyways, let's move on for that. Um, we had Kevin Owens and Corey Graves replace uh, Pat McAfee. On color commentary at SmackDown, you know, Pat's still recovering from his battle with COVID nineteen. So I want to send a shout out to uh, Mr. McAfee, and uh, hopefully we get to see him back on TV soon. Um, but you know, you can't have a better replacement than having uh, Kevin Owens and Corey Graves on the show, right? Uh, I'd probably just rather have it Cole and Kevin Owens, but that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> so th- that was fine. Uh, Trying to look back for uh, as far as the matches this week that I thought that stood out to me. Um, the four-way match for the ladies. The show started off with Becky Lynch uh, addressing the controversy from SummerSlam. And I thought she laid it out perfectly. She said it. She said what she needs said. Here's the difference between actual top talent and people that social media likes to tell you that they're top talent. She basically said what she needed to say. She doesn't have to apologize for anybody. She's the man. She's not a goody good two baby face. She's not an outright heel. She's Becky Lynch, and she's the man. And she sets the tone on what she wants to do. You think she wasn't going to automatically have a title around her waist when she came back? I mean, <laughs> the right is really right on the wall more than you want to admit to yourself because you got to 
push uh, and push this narrative that Sasha Banks is being held back. The Shawn Michaels of women's wrestling is being held back. Not really the case. I mean, <laughs> Becky in five minutes of her promo already showed how farther she's ahead in Sasha Banks when it comes to promo work and stuff like that. It's not even close. So Bianca came out. Uh, sooner or later, we'll get this uh, match between Becky and Bianca. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about Extreme Rules in this segment as well because that's the next pay read for WWE. It's probably going to be here before you know it. Uh, so I wanted to talk about that as well. But going back to uh, the beginning of SmackDown, basically you had the conversation with Becky and Bianca. That led to a fatal four-way match, and the winner becomes the number one contender to fight uh, Becky at ex- uh, they, they didn't see at Extreme Rules, but they see the next challenger for Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's title, which is fine. I thought the match was good. Again, great to see Liv Morgan on my TV screen. Uh, not just for waterfall purposes, but it was good to see her on the screen. And she did a very, very good job in the match. Um, it was a good match. I enjoyed that a lot. And then... Let me pull up my transcript here from the podcast, uh, from SmackDown last week. As always, uh, folks, I tell you guys to make sure to check out these uh, transcripts that I do. They're they're very detailed, especially for those who don't have the time to catch up with the shows. Um, this is your place to go check out the articles. I, I really mean that. I, I already talked about the um, Owens uh Replaces McAfee. I mentioned the stuff with Edge and Seth Rollins was cool. Uh, the segment with Big E and uh, Happy Corbin was pretty good. Don't fret. <laughs> Corbin's going to find his way to be a bum-ass Corbin again sooner or later. Just watch out for that. Um, decent match here with uh, Nakamura and Rick Boogs <laughs> against the Dirty Dogs. I got to tell you, man, I, I I know Boogs was a wrestler in NXT. He did a good, some, uh, some fun stuff down there. But he, he's not that bad of a wrestler. I, I, I like the gimmick. Uh, it looks like the crowd. This is one of the few times during the week that the crowd actually makes some damn noise. Uh, they seem that they're interested in Boogs. So, uh, yeah, Nakamura and Boogs, uh, that was a nice little win there. I, I, the backstage segment with Sonya Deville and Naomi was interesting to me. I, I don't know if Sonya is like... A passive aggressive authority figure. She was like completely blowing Naomi off. Uh, I'm curious to see how that goes. I know I know a lot of people are like, "Hey, just put uh, put Naomi in the bloodline." I mean, sure, it'd be cool because they they are family. Um, you know, we could come up with these silly ideas. That doesn't mean all of them are gonna be good. <laughs> so. Um, the other stuff from SmackDown this week that I liked, um, Sami Zayn and Dominic Mysterio, I thought it was a good match. A nice showcase match with Dominic, even though in a loss to Sami Zayn, I thought it was a good match. So I thought that was cool. And then, you know, we had this tension going on with Roman Reigns and uh, Paul Heyman coming off of what happened at SummerSlam, of course. And then uh, we had um, Roman have Paul Heyman make everybody in Little, Little Rock, Arkansas acknowledge him and the Usos. So I thought that was a nice little touch there. Finn Balor came out and said, instead of uh, challenging you for uh, Extreme Rules, Roman, we're going to have Roman Reigns and Finn Balor for the Universal Championship tomorrow on SmackDown as I'm recording this on a Thursday. 
Uh, it will be Roman Reigns and Finn Balor for the Universal Championship. And Mamma Mia, that is going to be a barn burner of barn burners. So I'm looking forward to documenting that match, if you will. No. <laughs> All right, so that, that was SmackDown. Again, I thought it was a solid show. Then we go to Monday Night Raw, where we started with a segment with, I think, as many as uh, eight AEW eight-man tag team match. I, I'm like, there was like 10 or 12 people in this segment. So, basically, we had a couple of pre-advertised matches that were supposed to happen this weekend. Raw was supposed to be Bobby Lashley and Sheamus. Um... Kind of switched things around uh, with the United States picture as well. Davey Priest came out and said, hey, we're going to have a U.S. Open Challenge. And out came Drew McIntyre, out came Sheamus. Then it got into Murky Waters with MVP and Bobby Lashley came out and rated RK Bro. So they split it off with a, um, a thread throughout the show of what happened off the first segment. So you have... Damian Priest against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre for the U.S. title. And then you have Rated Arcade Bro putting their tag team titles on the line against MVP and Bobby Lashley in the main event. Let's start off, before we get to those two matches, let me go over some of the stuff I liked and maybe didn't like from Raw this week, okay? Um, first off, I liked the Rhea Ripley-Shane Baszler match. I thought that was good. Uh, it's kind of the same stuff here with Viking Raiders against Jinder Mahal and Veer. Yeah, it's a regular TV match, but it's a, it's a different matchup, and I thought both guys, uh, both teams did well in that match. Um, let me go down the list here really quick. Uh, <laughs> as goofy it is, the stuff with uh, our truth, our uh, Kira Tozawa and Reggie is pretty funny. I, I'll, I'll say that. Um, I'm happy for Cross. He's getting victories and stuff on Raw, but that match with Korea went too long, in my opinion. Um, Let's get into this. <laughs> Those who've listened to the whose podcast of the years have known that I think Nia Jax is the drizzling shits uh, when it comes to wrestling in the ring. And usually I try not to get uh, like this too negative on the show, but like I have to call a spade a spade to be fair here. Um, I think Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose may need a new associate with them. Uh, <laughs> this girl sucks. I- I'm just gonna be out front and say it. Nia Jax fucking sucks. Uh, I. How many times do we have to do this routine where we have to have her get into sloppy matches, lay out three people in one episode to try to prove the point. Oh, Nia Jax is dominating. She should be taken seriously for a future title shot. I think we've done this like five or six different times. And her, her match with Charlotte, I'm not pinning that on Charlotte. You got an unprofessional twat in the ring who her new thing is twerking her ass. Yeah, you got a nice ass. Big deal. Uh... I, I, everything that happened with her and Charlotte did not need to happen on Monday night. You got two heels fighting each other. And who in the right mind is actually going to believe that Nia Jax is going to beat Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship? And who is actually going to buy the fact that Nia Jax is a worthy champion at this point? And the fact that they still have her walking around and doing tag matches with Shane Baszler is absolutely stupid. 
I I don't know where they're going with this. I I, I this is a complete miss for me. But you know, there's a lot of good matches on this show for Monday, and it just sucks that stuff like this happens where they're kind of going back and forth with each other and kind of shooting in the ring, and it's like you're, you're getting into a real situation here where you can get potentially injured. Oh, wouldn't be surprised if somebody got really injured by reckless diet jacks, you know? And it's like you're making yourself look bad. You're making the company look bad. And I just don't know why the people backstage think that we need to Buy in every other two years of oh Nia Jax could be a serious contender for the Raw Women's Championship, guys. The last time she was a Raw Women's Champion, I was uh, going to Money in the Bank with Adam, for 2018. Think about that. The last time Nia Jax was in the Raw Women's House and it was a champion was when me and Adam went to Money in the Bank in 2018. Think about that. That's three years ago. She hasn't done anything good since then. And I I don't buy the hype. And she's not good in the ring. So, like, tell me what I'm missing. Because what happened with her and Charlotte did not need to happen. And I'm not pinning that on Charlotte. I mean, uh, there's only so much you can do with roadkill in the ring. So, I mean, I... I <laughs> that, that was rough. Um, I thought the... Go back on the positive. I thought AJ Styles' match with uh, Xavier Woods was pretty good. So that's another one you should check out. AJ Styles' one with the calf crusher. Uh, let's get into the good stuff that happened this week on TV uh, for Raw. Uh, we'll start off with the main event. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good old school TV uh, main event matchup. Yeah, of course, you wouldn't want the WWE champion losing in the match, but it was a cool contest. Rated RK, rated RK Bro is really over right now with the audience. They get bigger pots no matter what, tar, what, no matter what city they're in, and I think they're doing a really good job right now. It was a really fun match. MVP still got it. Obviously, he's he's a beast in the ring. Same thing goes with Lashley. Uh, Randy Orton <laughs> dropped Lashley with an RKO after the match was over. I thought it was a very, very good match. And uh, they're doing good stuff. They're, Randy and Matt Riddle, RK Bro is the best part of Monday Night Raw. That can't be disputed. They are the best part of Monday Night Raw each week. Now, the best part of Monday Night Raw this week, in my opinion, was Davy Priest against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. I've been mentioning it over the last couple weeks, you know, I poke fun at the people that are saying, oh, Drew McIntyre is going to be booed out of buildings and people are going to turn on Drew McIntyre when they got back to touring in front of fans. Guys, the guy is fucking good at what he does and people like him. Just because Joe Schmo on Twitter doesn't like his push or the fact that Drew McIntyre is a baby face, uh, that, does, that stuff doesn't matter. Twitter is not... The end-all, be-all, as a lot of you guys like to make it out to be. I'm just being honest. Uh, the the triple threat match for the U.S. title, uh, for me, was not only one of the best uh, TV matches of the year, uh, for for me, for a transcription point of view. I think it's one of the best uh, WWE matches of the year so far. I'll put it up there. 
this is definitely one of the best Raw matches of 2021. Uh, this match was phenomenal. All three guys killed it. I thought the commentary team was good during this match as well. Uh, it had everything in place. Uh, obviously, Drew, Damian Priest put Drew McIntyre away with the reckoning. It was an awesome match. It was really good and a lot of fun. So I have to say that um, Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus, the most consistent performer in WWE, um, you all, you three, you all deserve your flowers, and you guys kicked ass this week. I love the match. It was really good. It was really off the charts. So I just want to give uh, props there. Uh, last thing, a couple things really quick before we get to our preview for NXT UK. I wanted to say that, um, first off, uh, I, I did see the, um, news about WrestleMania going to be two nights in Dallas, uh, for WrestleMania 38. I think that's cool. I enjoyed it. That was the first time doing a two night WrestleMania, uh, for in Tampa Bay. I was there with, uh, Andrew Medalla and Blake Bishopboard from the SND Network. So, I, I like the, the two night concept. I dig it. I'm going. I'm going to go to Dallas next year for WrestleMania at ATT Stadium. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I'll see you guys down in Dallas. It'll be a two night event. I'm looking forward to going to that show. So uh, be on the lookout for your boy if you will. <laughs> okay, um, Rick. As we continue on here with the Hoots podcast, I wanted to mention um, Extreme Rules. Uh, Extreme Rules is the next pay for the WWE. Uh, I don't have a specific date, but I know it's in Columbus, Ohio in September. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I think uh, Extreme Rules will have a couple of gimmicky matches. Of course, we always have those. But the question I have for you guys when it comes to this forecasting Extreme Rules, what would be your title matches at um, Extreme Rules? Do you have... Roman and Finn Balor have a rematch at Extreme Rules. Do you have Edge and Seth Rollins have a match at Extreme Rules? Do you have... Uh, I think the one that's probably uh, confirmed for the most part right now is probably Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, right? Um, I'm just curious for your guys' opinions. What matches would you guys like to see at Extreme Rules? That's my question for you guys this week. Respond to me at Josh Lopez Media. Let me know what matches and what time matches would you like to see at Extreme Rules, okay? I tossed out a couple ideas right there, but I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on it. And then finally, uh, we always do an NXT preview here on the show. Um, today we got Nathan Frazier, trained by Seth Rollins. Uh, he's taking on Teal Man as the uh, number one contender tournament for the uh, Heritage Cup Championship uh, continues on NXT UK. It's been a lot of fun documenting those shows. If you guys haven't seen last week's episode of NXT UK, you guys are really missing out. Uh, the match with Kenny Williams and Oliver Carter was really good. Uh, you had Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown tear the house down. Um, some really, really good wrestling on NXT UK. It's my favorite show of the week. Out of all wrestling shows throughout the week. And I love NXTK. Shout out to referee Chris Sharp. Who got. Uh, he, he signed his uh, contract extension. He got a contract extension with WWE. So he's uh, the lead official. In NXT UK as a referee. And he's probably one of the best referees. In the business. So I just want to give a shout out to Chris. 
Uh, definitely well-deserved, so I want to give a shout-out to him. So that's my preview for NCK today. We got that match. We got uh, the beautiful and sexy Blair Davenport taking on uh, Nina Samuels today. And we also have um, uh, Amel taking on Amelia McKenzie in a matchup as well. So you get a little mixture of men and women. And I got to say this. The NXT UK Women's Division is very underrated. I'll say that. It's very underrated. They got a lot of good talents. And they do a better job plotting out their storylines on NXT UK than they do on Raw or SmackDown, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. I, I love NXT UK. It's my second fa- favorite part of doing this on Thursdays. <laughs> besides recording this show. But um, I'm looking forward to NCUK tonight. It should be a lot of fun. All right. That's what happened this week in WWE. Okay. Really quick. Before we get into our main event segment of the show, I do want to mention that uh, this past weekend I covered the NWA 73rd anniversary show and Empower. Uh, ProWrestlingTransformation.com. It was a really awesome weekend in St. Louis. Uh, I did not attend these events, but uh, these two pay-per-views that happened at the Chase, wrestling at the Chase for the first time in 37 years, the NWA presented two awesome pay-per-views. Empower was on Saturday night, and then the 73rd was on a Sunday. First off, let's start off with Empower really quick. Uh, I'm really happy for Mickey James. Uh, she deserves a lot of credit for how she uh, brought this all together. I love the card. Um, a lot of good matches on the show. You know, Diana Perrazzo and Mick, uh, Melina tear the house down. The match with, if you guys haven't seen Camille against Layla Hirsch, you guys need to go out of your way to watch that. I would also say check out the. Uh, match between the Hex, which is Allison K and Marty Bell against Red Velvet and Kylie King. Uh, they fought to crown the first uh, NWA Women's Tag Team Champions. So that was an awesome match. And um, it was a really, really fun event. And then they had the um, the gauntlet match uh, to determine the number one contender for Camille the next night, which ended up being Chelsea Green. Uh, the awesome moment of the night in the weekend outside of Trevor Murdoch becoming your new NWA World's Heavyweight Champion was um, Awesome Kong. Uh, she came out and she uh, announced her retirement from professional wrestling, which was a really, really sad moment, but an uh, emotional moment. She shared it out with Gail Kim, and I thought it was a nice proper send-off for Kong in her career. Um I really think I, this, this is a really good showcase of not only the women of professional wrestling today, but I thought this was a really nice spotlight on the women from the mid-2000s and early 2000s in that era of professional wrestling. Austin Kong and Gail Kim were ahead of their time, and they were tra- uh, trailblazers in this era of women's wrestling and just wrestling in general, and they deserve their flowers as well. And uh, Empower was a really, really good pay-per-view. I hope they do more of these in the future. But uh, especially to my favorite female wrestler of all time, Mickey James. Uh, you deserve a lot of props. And you did a phenomenal job. It was a, a blast to cover this pay-per-view. And I would love to see more events like these in the future. 
uh, for the NWA. And again, if you guys have not seen Camille against Layla Hurst, you need to go out of your way to watch that match because it was really, really good. Now, to the NWA 73 show, um, this was, I thought NWA 73 had its moments, but there were some matches that I thought went way too long than it needed to. Uh, first off, the Battle Royal uh, was another one that I thought just went way too long. The other one was the six-man tag match with, um, it was Tyrus, Jordan Clearwater, and the Mass Mystery Man against um, the Pulp in the end. I thought that match went way too long. Uh, but there were some good ones. Uh, I thought Jay Storm and Chris Adonis was a good match. Even though Adonis found his way to cheat his way to retain the title. Um... Uh, that was okay. Uh, I really enjoyed the opening match. It was uh, Thomas Latimer, Tim Storm, and Crimson in a triple threat match. Uh, it was called The Battle in the Loo. And uh, it was a crazy hardcore match. If you guys haven't seen that one, go out of your way to watch it. Uh, the tag title match with um, La Rebellion against Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos was really good. We have new NWA World Tag Team Champions in La Rebellion. And then the main event... Oh, really quick, before the main event, I, I'm sure you guys want to get my thoughts on the Ric Flair segment, right? Uh, Ric Flair came out and talked to the audience for a good, like, 10, 15 minutes. It was a really, really cool speech. Um, you know, it was awesome to hear from the Nature Boy. You can see the, the emotion in his face. He was happy to be there. I'm just, just think about the countless memories and matches he's had at that building, too, which is awesome. Um... You know, he said that St. Louis holds is such a special place in his heart, and um, it was a really cool segment. You know, he talked about uh, his love for WWE, his love for wrestling in general, and um, I, it was a great promo for Rick, so it was really cool to see that. And then, you know, to wrap up the weekend, see Trevor Murdoch beat Nick Aldis uh, to capture the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship was a really special moment. It was, I'm happy it happened for Trevor because he deserved it. He is one of the guys who really revitalized his career in this new revamp of the NWA. And for him to have that moment was really cool. Uh, Nick Aldis uh, was an amazing champion for over three years, holding the title for a thousand days. Everything he's done to bring the NWA to where it is right now. Nick Aldis is a, a tremendous performer, and uh, it's definitely not it for the real world champion of the national treasure. But uh, from a storyline point of view, and everything that's gone into the NWA since his relaunch, and you know the start of NWA power, I've been following along with everything they've been doing since the revamp, and it was just a really cool moment because Trevor Murdoch really started gaining momentum with fans again when NWA NWA power started. And to get all the way to here, where he wants, he wins the title in front of his family. Uh, that's a really special moment, and for it to be in St. Louis, uh, in his home state, um, could have happened to a better guy. It was a really awesome match, and uh, it was a really great weekend of pay per views for the NWA. So I just want to give a shout out to them. And then finally, uh, we got two. Big shows uh, outside of AEW this weekend. We have uh, the Wrestle Grand Slam shows taking place this weekend at um, MetLife Dome. It's going to be on night one. We got Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Bushi in the main event for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. 
and the other special singles match on that show is going to be Okada against Jeff Cobb, uh, a rematch for the Tokyo Dome show. Also, we're going to have uh, Sho and Yo fight each other for the first time in a singles match in a while. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting grudge match, especially for the fact that she'll turn on Yo during the um, Super Junior Tag League Tournament. Uh, so we'll have to see how that one goes. And then on Sunday, which is uh, night two, we got Naito and Sonata and Goto, Goto and Yoshihashi going after Sack Saber Jr. Tight. So it's a triple threat match uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles. And then uh, we got also Robbie Eagles taking on Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. That's going to be an awesome match. And then Shingo and Evil wrap things up for the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So that's a little preview of what's going on this weekend outside of WWE. And uh, I just wanted to mention that before we get to our main event segment. With that being said, <laughs> it's time to give people what they want, what they've been waiting for. A once-in-a-lifetime li- once experience, also known as What the Hell is Wrong? With AEW. We're going to start with this bad boy in a... 3... 2... 1... It's time for... What the Hell is Wrong with AEW! Lord... Why do you do this to me? Please pray for my sanity. Welcome, everybody, to What the Hell is Wrong with AEW this week. You already know what it's sponsored by. It's sponsored by Fightful Select. It's brought to you by PW Insiders. It's brought to you by Busted Open Radio. It's brought to you by, of course, the, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, uh, PW Torch, any website you want to name right now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try my best to mention the things I did like this week from Dynamite, but it's going to be few and far between. And also, I don't want to be on here too long because we got to make predictions for All Out this weekend, but I'm still trying to erase out of my brain threshold what I saw last night, especially the main event from what I saw last night. I mean, where do I even start? First off, we don't need Don Callis on commentary for every single fucking match the Elite does, okay? For me, I'm not going to call them Elite. Yeah, their company's called All Elite Wrestling and they're, they're the EVPs and all that. Cool, fine and dandy. But their group... Is anything but elite. I'm not going to call the Goof Squad elite. Then we go into what I come on here every single week and vetch about with you guys every single week. Making the referees look stupid. I mean, honestly, it's getting to the point where you would rather have no referees in the ring because they serve no purpose. 
You've got 12 people at ringside having a sloppy-ass tumbling routine. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the Lucha Brothers. I come out here every week and say, I, I like Pentagon and Phoenix. They're one of my favorite tag teams in AEW. But we had this mud show, eight-man tag match with the Goof Brothers and Pie Face Buck and Baldy Buck and his brother Baldy Buck, you know, uh, the Cucamonga Kids. It's like I'm watching this match, and they have the Jurassic Express. We got Dorf Dong Sucker. Midget Express Man and Alex Eberhante is like, who gives a fuck about what he's doing? And it's like, I'm watching this match and it's like, how's this entice me to watch your pay per view on Sunday? A sloppy eight man tag matches where one part of the match where they did punch, tag, elbow, tag, toe kick, tag. Like, I'm reciting this off the top of my head because every elite match is the same. We got these sloppy New Japan style brawls at ringside because nobody knows how to hold a fucking tag rope or have a tag match to save their life. They make the referee look stupid every single time. Hence why they always have Rick Knox as the referee. And people can say, oh, it's only for storyline purposes just to showcase how good the heel, uh, good, how good of heels the, uh, the elite are. They're great heels. They have great congruency with each other. Like, what? Shut the fuck up! Oh my god. This match sucks, okay? Every aspect of this match sucks. Yeah, were there cool spots? The athleticism is not my issue here. But tell me what story was told in this match and why I should give two fists of a fuck about the steel cage match taking place on Sunday. Please, somebody tell me. Give me a reason why. Then we get to the Grand the Taj Mahal. Of this fucking much show. Kenny Olivia coming out with fucking dyed down black hair. Coming out looking like Ringo Starr coming off a fucking bender. And here comes Olivia walking down, strutting down to the ring. And cuts the shittiest promo I've heard since Roman Reigns suffered succotash promo. I'm going there today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going there this week. This promo by Olivier that closed out Dynamite last night was worse than the Suffered Suck Attached promo. I don't know what the fuck that was, but having the Goof Brothers and Brandon Cutlet and Michael knocking the knocking the fuck off, you know, beating up everybody with kendo sticks in the cage is not impressive to me. And the fact that Excalibur... Oh, my God. The fact that Excrement went out of his way to... Oh, my God! Marco Stun is climbing up the cage! Marco Stun is climbing up the cage! Are you mean to tell me that uh, a faction is supposed to be scared of a fucking midget? A midget! Oh my god, here comes Dante Martin. It's kind of like it's like some of these WWE like pull-apart brawls where you have the fucking jobbers out. Oh, here comes Primo Epico. Here comes Heath Slater. Here comes Brian Myers and Zack Ryder. Oh, not my bad. I'm not supposed to mention those guys. Um, anyways, you, you get the point. Marco Stunt climbing up the cage. And this is, oh my god, here's Marco Sun coming up the cage. Oh, here comes Jungle Boy getting beat up again. It's like, who gives a shit? Oh my god. 
I want you to go out of your way to watch this segment for yourself and you tell me if I'm full of shit, okay? Because I watched this and I'm like, am I watching a wrestling show or am I watching Amateur Hour? Kenny Omega with his dyed down black hair. Ooh, I'm supposed to be scared now because Kenny Olivier has black hair. Doesn't matter if he has pink hair, blue hair like Master Watto. Doesn't matter what type of hair he has. He fucking sucks on the microphone. I have no incentive or care for this AEW World title match. And guess what? It probably doesn't deserve the main event now. You know what? To, to your question earlier, Chris, about who should main event the show, I'm going to go with you with that. I'll say CM Punk and Darby Allen should close out all out on Sunday. Okay, there you go. There's your answer. That wasn't it. We have Pockets against Jack Evans. Um, here we go. Here comes Matt Hardy going attacking uh uh, Orange Cassidy before the match starts, it, it's it's one thing or another. It's like the three ring recipe of AEW matches. One, gotta make the referees look stupid. Two, it's tag team matches. There's no tag team psychology. And three, either we need to have a pre-match attack or an afterbirth. Look at this entire show. Outside of the first match, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. Outside of the first match... In the main event, you've had run-ins, afterbirths, and God knows what going on in this show. And people see, well, that's storyline continuity. This is how you build programs. Shut the fuck up! You've never been a booker! Shut up! So we have Orange Cassidy and Jack Evans. The match was so flat that they needed to end the match on pitcher and pitcher because people could give two shits about it. And out comes, here comes the Hardy family office, the lamest faction since the core. Uh, I bet you the core's got more mileage than the Hardy family office. I'm willing to say that. Also, here comes Jurassic Express coming out. Even though they're in an 8-man tag team match later on. But we have to build this up to a 10-man tag team match <laughs> on the buy-in show. So, for free, <laughs> they're putting this up on YouTube. You're getting a free 10-man sloppy-ass tag team match with Pockets, Fuck Taylor, Who Gives a Shit Yuta, and the J- Jungle Express against the Running Lip Man and the Hardy Family Office. Man, Booker of the Year, pal. Some top tier shit on this program. Let's get some. Let's get some positives in between, so we're not all negative here. Um, all negative wrestling here on the Hoots Podcast. Um, we had uh, FTR and Santana Ortiz. No complaints on my end here. I thought it was a fantastic match. Um, Really, really good stuff. I, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I enjoyed the backstage interview with MGF and Tony Schiavone. I thought that was good. Uh, the CM Punk segment with Darby Allen and Sting was good. 
I have a little something I need to talk about in a couple of minutes, but I'm going to hold that off for now because we're trying to be positive here. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Tai Kati uh, Penelope 4 match was good. Uh, I enjoyed that as well. Uh, it was a good match. But it was also even good to see Anna Jay on the show. You know, you know you have good waterfall when Niagara Falls is jealous of you. God, man, Anna Jay is a fucking gorgeous woman. I have to say that. Good on you, Jungle Boy. Good on you, man. All right. Let's get back to the nonsense here. We have Daniel Garcia taking on Darby Allen on Rampage on Friday. Tell me why the fuck I should care about this match. Today they announced that CM Punk is be doing commentary, so now we're gonna have a five man booth. A five man booth. I love Punk, but do we need him on commentary for this match? That's not gonna be my complaint here. Here's my thing. It's one thing to be the flavor of the month on Twitter and dirt sheet sites, and I know Daniel Garcia has been getting a lot of hype and buzz from the reporters and stuff like that. And he's a good wrestler in his own light, but when I watch Daniel Garcia, I have no incentive to care about this dude. When he cuts promos, I think he sounds like Vince Russo. And when I see him wrestle and his odd, creepy stares that he does in the camera where I'm supposed to be trying to be intimidated by the dude, I think he's ripping off Zack Sabre Jr. When I see Daniel Garcia in the ring, I see nothing interesting about him. There's nothing unique about him. He's literally Zack Sabre Jr. walking around with a Minoru Suzuki towel over his head. That's all he is. Like, oh, Daniel Garcia's the second coming. He's the next big thing in wrestling. What, odd looks towards the camera and ripping off Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki? I mean, if you bark out for him, cool. I mean, more power to you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love seeing my guys the Ever Rise on there. They're doing some good stuff on TV. But, like, Daniel Garcia is supposed to take him seriously with his 2-6 and six record. And he rips off Zack Sabre Jr. each week. Like, come on, man. And then, the last thing. <laughs> oh, man. We had QT Marshall... Calling out Paul White to come down to the ring, right? So out comes the big slow. The big slow walks down to the ring, and <laughs> you know, AW tries so hard to rehash things from WWE in their own image to the point where Big Show's song is like, well, and then it's like, I don't know what the, hell the rest of the lyrics <laughs> song is, but it's like, AW. As much as they like to talk that they're not WWE, they try so hard to emulate everything that WWE's done in their own image. And it's so funny, man. So we have QT Marshall and Paul White scheduled for All Out. Uh, basically, this is a setup for the factory to gang up on the big show. Out comes the gun club to make the save. Billy Gunn turns his back uh, a couple seconds later on the big show and hits him with a steel chair twice. And I'm watching this, and I'm like... Uh, okay. All right. Um, is this show over yet? <laughs> can I go to sleep now? Can I, uh, I don't know. Can I partake in some waterfall? Cause I can <laughs> like this show 
was going by so long and dragging so long that I wanted to rip my hair out. And I'm just getting to the part where I'm, I probably need to get a haircut soon. But, like, it, it, I'm watching this show and it's like I have no incentive to watch this pay-per-view outside of CM Punk. I look at the card and we're going to make predictions for it in a couple minutes. But it's like, outside of CM Punk, why would you spend 50 or 60 bucks... On this pay-per-view on Sunday. Why? And I feel like people are so bogged down by the AW Bill of Goods. of Oh, we got this new wrestling company that's TV14. And we're going to get what we've been waiting for for 20 years. And put a blind eye to what's actually going on to the show. And that's the AW fan base in a nutshell. Sell the Bill of Goods of, oh, we're going to get stuff that we haven't got in wrestling in 20 years. And... All these fu- fancy buzzwords of what wrestling was supposed to be and stuff like that. And it's, <laughs> it's so generic of the wrestling style that you got from Ring of Honor. The storylines are as bad or as similar to the WWE. And I'm, I'm watching this and there's nothing unique about it. There's nothing unique about it. The fan base are stuck in the 90s. And I think the only way to present good wrestling television is TV14. Tell me what's so different and groundbreaking about that. Please. And then go back to this thing with QT Marshall and Paul White. Like, I'm sure that Adam Sandler is, like, super happy now. Like, we can get reruns of the Waterboy and the Paul Blart movies. Because, literally, we got Paul Blart against Captain Insano fighting each other at All Out this weekend. I can't wait for David Spade to be the referee. Oh, my bad. They already got David Spade. His name is Bryce Rensburg. Okay. Finally. Let's get to some predictions, shall we? Let's talk about it. Let's get to All Out this weekend. Eat our predictions for the pay-per-view. They did announce that Pac and Andrade... um, was canceled. Uh, the match will ha- won't happen due to traveling issues. Wow, shocker! A match with Neville got canceled before a big show. Mm, haven't heard that before. Um, we'll start off with this. We'll go uh, backwards here. We'll go with the women's casino battle royal. I think this would be a good spot for Ruby Soho to win. If not, I would have Thunder Rosa win this battle royal. Uh, Miro gets Eddie Kingston for the AWTT title. This is one of the few matches I am looking forward to. Miro against Eddie Kingston. I'll go with Miro to retain. You know, sometimes the best thing is to have no comment. That's why I haven't really talked about the Chris Jericho thing with Jim Ross because I really have nothing to say about it. I mean, <laughs> I've already talked about it last week. Chris Jericho is going to be NGF, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Chris Jericho is going to be NGF. Uh, Moxley over Kojima, obviously. I got Britt Baker retaining over, um, uh, Chris Statlander. And then, uh, Christian Cage will be taking on Kenny Olivier for the AW World title. I got Olivier retaining. Big Show over QC Marshall. And Young Bucks, uh, beating, um... The Lucha Brothers in the Steel Cage match for the tag titles that happened. And then I have CM Punk uh, beating Darby Allen uh, for All Out. So, 
Yeah, let's go down the list here real quick. Just to, for those who are watching or listening. Uh, for the Women's Concealed Battle Royale, I got Thunder Rosa or Ruby Soho winning. I got Miro retaining. I got Chris Jericho being MGF. I got John Moxley being Kojima. Britt Baker retains her AW Women's World title over Chris Statlander. Kenny Olivier retains over Christian Cage. Paul White beats QT Marshall. The Bucks retain over the Lucha Brothers. And then uh, CM Punk will beat Darby Allen. Um, and that's my predictions for All Out coming up this Sunday at the Now Arena Excalibur. It's in Hoffman Estates. It's not in Chicago. Get your facts straight. On that note, that is. What the hell is wrong with AEW this week? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this week. For this edition of the Hoots Podcast, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram if you'd like as well, at Josh Lopez 94. If you ever want to participate in the Good Brothers Q&A session, all you have to do is hit me up at um, Twitter, Facebook, or um, the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. It's the best way to reach out if you want to participate in the Good Brothers Q&A session. As always, leave us a four or five-star review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps expand the reach of the show. We want to gauge what you guys like or dislike about the podcast. Also, make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com and make sure to check out my work on the SND Network. You can follow Brother Carter at Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Make sure to support his work at WrestlingRumors.net and check out DerekStoughton.com. Speaking of Brother Carter, he's here. He's got a brand new edition of the Thoughts of Derrico, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. But I just want to say, as always, remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the, pay- dictates the pace of your life but yourself and God. I love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Hope you guys enjoy All Out. Hope you guys enjoy the Wrestle Grand Slam shows. We'll be here next week to recap it. But right now, I'm going to send out the Brent Carter for this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico. I'll talk to you guys next week. Yes, sir. And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the segment that is definitely not all out with any of you. It is the thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. It's been a crazy week in the life of Brother Carter. A lot of stuff going on with my job and also with some personal life stuff going on. So I haven't had a chance to watch a ton of wrestling this week. Uh, I definitely did not get a chance to watch AEW this week, which honestly is probably a good thing because any chance I have to regain my sanity is always a good thing. So Josh, I'm sure filled you in on what the hell is wrong with AEW, but I was not going to deprive the crowd of my thoughts and predictions. No for the All Out card this weekend, but before we do that, we'll just talk a little bit about SmackDown and a little bit about Raw, just a few things from the shows. Um, always great to see Becky Lynch back. Um, I love it, and I, again, this sets up the match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, so they'll actually be able to have a program. What a shocking, oh my god, I know it. Um, 
again, WWE, before everybody jumps to conclusions, like, oh my god, they killed Bianca Belair. No, they're setting it up so they could build a program. Ah, come on, folks. we got to make sure we're really thinking about the big picture here. Um, dude, <laughs> Happy Corbin is... He may have one... He, his character development over the last two months may be one of the funniest I've seen in a long time. Like, he goes from Kid Corbin, which had worn out his welcome, to, to losing everything. And then he now goes and um, hits it big at the casino and is now, you know, happy Corbin. And then he tries to buy the briefcase from Big E. God, that is hilarious. <laughs> I love Baron Corbin. This is great. If he can get to this work, he may be in contention for a world title run in the future because this is, oh, God, this is so funny. Um, I don't mind a program with him and Big E until they can figure out when they're going to put the world title on Big E. Um, I think this is this is absolutely great. Um Cool to see King Boog or Rick Boogs in the ring. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen him as Eric Bugenhagen. Really cool to see him. Uh, the, the pairing with him and Nakamura is great. I don't know where Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are going to go if they're just going to be, you know, jobber, not mid card talent, you know, for the rest of their jobbers, really, a lot of times, too, for the rest of their careers. Cause I, you know, they're great. Um, I just, I don't know where, what you do with them. So we'll just have to see what happens. Um, so, Naomi comes in, and I think there's a very interesting dynamic here. I'm so glad to see that, you know, Naomi, I really think it's time to put them with the, put her with the Tribal Chief and with Usos. I think it's a perfect fit. She could be a great heel with them in this already kick-ass bloodline stable. She can be the female part of that. You know, she has this interaction with Sonya Deville backstage. Uh, you know, Sonya has nothing for her to do, but, you know, she could start to wreck some havoc with the bloodline, and I think that that would be absolutely terrific. Um, again, we start to see the split between Dominic and Rey Mysterio. That could be coming. And then eventually we're going to be getting um, a Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns championship match. I think that's happening next week on SmackDown. That's awesome. I love it. I, I, Finn Balor is getting his moment to shine. He's going to have a great match with Roman Reigns. I hope they give him like 30, 45 minutes um, to close the show because that, that could be a match of the year candidate. So... Good stuff from SmackDown this week. Let's switch gears to Raw really fast. Uh, dude, Damian Priest is really starting to get his momentum, and I absolutely love it. You know, If you've heard me before, you know how much I love Damian Priest. I think he's my favorite Raw superstar, and you know he's going to have a chance to run, you know, run with the company here uh, through the fall. I'm hoping he'll – he's my pick right now to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, and challenge for a world title at WrestleMania, but you know he's now getting opportunities to work with McIntyre, Sheamus. Now he's getting a chance to do something with Bobby Lashley. I love it just to see how the chemistry works with them. I think it's great. I love Damian Priest, and I love what they're doing. Um, I just don't know what's going to be happening with Shayna Baszler. You know, <clears throat> I'm waiting for Shay Shayna Baszler to finally get her shot um, at the Raw Women's Championship. We thought it might be Alexa Bliss, but Alexa Bliss wasn't on TV this week, so I I don't know what's happening here. Uh, I, I, I really want to see more from Shayna Baszler in the future. And we'll just have to see what happens with that here. Uh, let's see, going on forward, good match between Shayna and I'm, I'm just, I know I'm not covering everything, but because we need to get to my predictions for All Out, but, um, great stuff with Sheamus, Damian Priest, and Drew McIntyre. I, I mean, what can you say? Uh, this is just terrific stuff from all of these competitors. I think it's great. Um, I, I, I want to see what they're going to do with carrying cross, you know, it just, it's, he's been doing these squash matches, which is fine, but once they give him something to do, it's going to be awesome. I'm just, I just can't wait to see that get Scarlet up there once she's cleared and ready to go and then look out world. Cause here comes carrying cross. 
Uh, we've got the queen doing what the queen does. Apparently, there's there's reports that her and Nia actually had a shoot fight during the match. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it's kind of interesting dynamic if you think about it. But um, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, but Charlotte continues to prove why she's the best in the world. Though she, though Nia Jax does get the win, which I think is interesting. We'll have to see. Um, maybe I, I hope this doesn't mean that Nia Jax is going to get a Raw World Championship match because. It's got to be Alexa Bliss or Shayna Baszler or something, but please, please not Nia Jax. Uh, and then, great stuff. Uh, Randy Orton, it, it, he he may be next in line for a world title match too because just he, once once they do this thing with RK-Bro because he is still just – the crowd reaction he gets every time is just unbelievable. So, absolutely, uh, you know – Great stuff with all with Morrison, Miz, Wood, Styles, RK Bro, Lashley. All that stuff was great to end the show. So good stuff this week from WWE. And now let's get into my predictions. No, for the All Out pay per view, which I'm going to be honest with you. If there isn't a live stream, I'm not watching this thing because, as Josh pointed out, I believe it was on last week's edition of What the Hell Is Wrong with AEW. If CM Punk wasn't in this, what reason do you have to watch? Every single match on this card is pretty much predictable, except for the Women's Casino Battle Royal. And I wonder who the talent, the special talent they're going to bring in uh, for this. I am surprised that the women are actually getting an opportunity to do something in AEW, because as we all know, AEW stands for all except women. Um, but... I guess they're getting a chance to do something, so we'll see. So with the Women's Casino Battle Royal, this one's tough. I'm going to take Thunder Rosa to get the win here. I don't see why, you know, unless they're, unless they're going to debut a new talent uh, or the open the forbidden door and that person gets the win, like a Deanna Perrazzo or something like that. But I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa to get the win here. I think she's terrific and is another one of the shining moments of the um, AEW Women's Division. So I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa to win the Battle Royal. John Moxley versus uh, Satoshi Kojima. I've never ch- had a chance to see Kojima perform. I'll take Moxley here, uh, just because I think that New Japan's trying to do just do something to get on on American television, and you want you've got to get Moxley over in this in this spot here. So I'm going to take John Moxley to get the win here. Again, don't know much about um, Kojima, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great match. Then you have a match that isn't going to be great, which is Paul White versus QT Marshall. Uh, Paul White's obviously getting the win here. I mean, why would he, in his first match back, not get a win over QT Marshall? Like, of course, Paul White's going to get the win here in a boring snooze fest. Um, Pac was going to face Andrade El Idolo. I, that match has been scrapped due to some travel um, travel restrictions, unfortunately, which just sucks. This is actually one of the matches, if I was going to watch the show, that I was looking forward to the most, because I love Pac, and I actually really like Andrade Alidolo. Uh, Andrade would have gotten the win here. That would have been my pick, but um, yeah, so it's just unfortunate that that would have happened there, but um, hopefully we'll get to see that down the road, because I think that'll be great. They'll probably give it away for free on television, because that's AEW strategy, uh, and it works so well for WCW. Mm. MJF versus Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho will put his career on the line. If you think that Jericho is not going to wrestle in AEW again, you're delusional. Of course Jericho is going to win this match. Why would he not? Unfortunately, he's one of those guys that just can't let it go. So, you know, Jericho's finally going to get his win over MJF, and finally we can put this feud to rest. 
and then maybe MJF can go challenging for the TNT. Well, no, I, I, I don't know where MJF goes from here, but please get him away from Jericho. Jericho will get the win here, and then they can finally move away from each other. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. This, I think this is going to be great. I think Darby Allen is fantastic. And as much as disdain as I have for Punk, he was a good wrestler. And so, um, or he is a good wrestler. So I can't take that away from Punk. And I think Punk gets the win here. He's going to really start to, he's got to get the win here, of course. But he, this is really going to give Darby Allen a, sh- a chance to showcase what he can really do. TNT Championship match. Miro defending his title against Eddie Kingston for some stupid reason in a feud that has not been building at all. They just, oh, we need something for them to do. Throw them together. Yeah. Uh, Miro wins here. Uh, there's, there's, he's got good momentum going. I don't see why they're going to take the title off of him. So, Miro will be, will defeat Eddie Kingston. The Lucha Bucks, or the, sorry, the Young Bucks defending their title against the Lucha Bros in a steel cage. Until further notice, the Elite is not going to take the titles off themselves. So, of course, the Young Bucks are going to get the win here. Um, I just can't see any reason why the Elite will allow anybody else to have a championship. You know, because, again, they're the EVPs and they're here to put themselves over. So, I'm going to take the Young Bucks here um, to retain their championships. Britt Baker, DMD, my favorite part of AEW right now. I think she's the best thing going in AEW right now. And she's defending against Chris Statlander. Britt Baker gets the win here. No reason for her to not win the championship or retain her title. She's got, she is the best thing about AEW right now. And they'd be stupid to take the title off of her. And then finally, the world championship match. Kenny Omega defending his title against Christian Cage. This one's easy to predict too. Cage won the Impact World Championship. Obviously, Omega's winning the world, retaining his world title here. Because it's the, because again, it's the elite. And why would they allow themselves to give their titles up to anybody else? Of course, the elite is going to continue to hold onto their belts because they're, they're the worst faction of all in wrestling right now. The worst major legitimate faction in pro wrestling right now have been for a long time. I hate the elite, but of course they're going to get the win here um, because why would they want to not want to continue to put themselves over and convince a stupid-ass billionaire how great they are? And those are my predictions for All Out this weekend. Uh, again, I will not be watching this except on a live stream, but if you are watching it, enjoy the show. My final thought for the week is uh, my thoughts are with everybody um, down in Louisiana. That's had to deal with Hurricane Ida. My girlfriend is actually here visiting with me because she had to escape. She's from that area, and it's great to have her here. But stay strong, folks, in, uh, down in Louisiana. It's going to be okay, and we're all with you. We're all supporting you. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.